Thank you for listening to our podcast today here at Word of Life. Our prayer is that when you hear us talk, you hear the Holy Spirit speak. We want to make sure you know all about our new online campus. Visit thelifeonline.cc to find our brand new platform where you can find short messages on topics like prophecy, forgiveness, healing, and so much more. Each month, we release multiple new series for you to be able to grow in the knowledge of God and the Bible. So check it out at thelifeonline.cc. Thanks for listening and enjoy the message. Amen. Well, it's good to see everybody here at Word of Life on Time Change Spring Break Weekend, uh, which we know that means we have a whole lot of people watching online. Uh, Some of you are at the beach, and we're just a little jealous of you, Uh, but we pray you have a great vacation and a time of rest and relaxation. And I also know everyone here at Lakeland wants to give up for our sister campus across town, Highland Colony. Can we give it up for them? What a great time we had at the 8.30 service, and we're just so thankful that you came out there to the 10 o'clock. We love you so much, and in a couple of weeks, we'll have another campus to say hello to. Our Fondren campus opens April 3rd, uh, which is so exciting, Uh, and uh, we're just fired up about that, and we want to say thank you to all of our seed members from all of our campuses who have committed to going and helping us out there, even if it is for season. It makes a tremendous difference, Um, and so we're absolutely honored and excited to have that happen, and also, and I forgot to do this last week, but I want to say hello to everyone who's watching us on Fox. Uh, can we give it up for everybody who's watching us on Fox? Like, it's really neat to see all of you tune in, and we're just honored to have you take part of what God's doing here at Word of Life, and we would also love to see you sometime soon in person, but until then, I just know we're praying for you as well. Now, um, what we just saw here at our physical campuses and online uh, was many of the missionaries that we support. Um, And I just want to say thank you for your radical generosity that enables us to uh, change heaven with radical generosity uh, and to give of what you give us to missionaries all over the world. And those are some of the pictures of those different missions. Um, And you heard the names of some of those missionaries that we support. Uh, And it's just amazing your faithfulness and giving. And uh, we talked about last week about the woman who brought her alabaster box and she broke it and she poured that out upon the Lord. It was a great act of generosity, one that God said would be remembered uh, for all of eternity. Uh, And I just wanna celebrate you for your great act of generosity. Uh, it, It really is astounding to me, your love for the Lord Jesus and your love for his kingdom. Uh, And that's actually what I want to talk this morning about. So if you brought your Bibles, let's open them up to the book of Philippians. Uh, We're going to look at uh, some very familiar scriptures today, but I pray they come alive to you. Uh, We're going to look at Philippians chapter 10 and read all the way to verse number 19. Uh, I'm reading out of the New American Standard Bible. Uh, It's just a very good translation of scripture. Uh, And uh, so if you're, you're noticing some difference in the text, that's what it is, and it's also on the screen as well. Uh, Philippians chapter 4 and verse number 10. Paul is teaching here, writing to the church at Philippi. It's a church that he helped start. And he said, but I rejoice in the Lord greatly that now at last you have revived your concern for me. Here he's talking about giving. 
Um, he said, you were concerned before, but you lacked opportunity. Uh, you know, back in those days, they didn't have text to give or like physical mailing addresses with like UPS that could drop it off at the door. So he's like, you wanted to give, but you didn't know how to get it to me. You didn't know where I was. You didn't know how to like mail it or send it. Uh, but he said, as soon as you found out how, you did. And I want to take a moment to celebrate that. Uh, he says in verse 11, not that I speak from want, for I have learned to be content in whatever circumstances I am in. Now, I love this because uh, we know contentment is not coming to a place in life where we don't have dreams. How many of you know God wants us to have dreams? Oh, come on, church. I said, how many of you know God wants you to have dreams? And God's a God of desire. Uh, God is a God of faith, and faith demands a hope set before it. Uh, something that's exciting you about the future. Uh, contentment is not um, coming to this place in life where we're, we're not pressing. What contentment is, is knowing that we can never delay joy for another season. And you see people do this a lot of like when we have kids or when we get married or when our kids leave the house <laughs> or like whatever it may be. Uh, when we get a higher paying job or when we get out of this test and trial we're in, then we'll have joy. And what contentment says is I understand in every season of life there is strength and struggle. There is something I can complain about and something I can give thanks for. Come on, church. How many of you know even this morning right now uh, there is something you could give thanks for or something you could complain about? And what contentment is is just saying is I understand in every season of life as long as we're on this earth that will be the case. And so I'm not going to delay my joy, my thanksgiving, my praise for another season of life. I will give thanks right now. I will count it all joy. This is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. And Paul says, I'm learning how to do this, and this is something that all of us need to learn how to do. He says, not that I speak from want, I've learned to be content in whatever circumstances I am in. Verse 12, I know how to get along with humble means, and I also know how to live in prosperity. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of being filled and going hungry, both of having abundance and suffering need. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. How many of you know you can make it through any season? Any season of life, through Christ, you can make it through that season. Uh, and he says this, Nevertheless, you have done well to share with me in my affliction. Uh, you yourselves know also, he's about to describe his affliction, you yourselves know also, Philippians, that at the first preaching of the gospel after I left Macedonia, no church shared with me in the matter of giving and receiving but you alone. So here he says, I encountered an affliction, and the affliction that I had is Paul was an apostle, which means he would go and plant churches. That's one of the chief callings of an apostle, is someone will go and like plant a church. Uh, you have the fi fivefold ministry gifts, uh, so I, I often liken it to a hand. Uh, you have the pointer finger, which is the prophet. You have the middle finger, which is the tallest, and you know of all the fingers, which is symbolic of the evangelist, like they're really bold. Uh, and then you have the, the the ring finger, which is symbolic of a pastor. They're married to a body. They don't travel a ton and a lot. They're not teaching in all these different places. They teach the same people every week. They're married um, to the the body. And then you have the pinky 
finger, uh, which is the teacher. Uh, and the teacher brings balance. Uh, when things get out of balance, um, the teacher will bring balance. And the pastor's in between the evangelist and the teacher because they have to be apt to teach and also do the work of the evangelist. Uh, so anyway, the apostle is the thumb, though. It can touch all the offices as needed because when you're planning a church sometimes you need prophecy to like speak out what God's going to do in that area and then you'll have to do the work of the evangelist and then you also have to you know pass your first season and then you got to be apt to teach because a lot of the people are new um so out of this Paul was an apostle uh he would come in and out of all these offices and he would plant these churches uh but after he would plant these churches they were not supporting him financially to do the next one so Paul often had to, as a tent maker, he also had to like take on a normal job outside of ministry to cover his expenses because no church was being generous to him. Like, I think a lot of times we think like everybody gives. But did you know in the, this case, it wasn't. Like there was no other church other than the church of Philippi that was giving. Uh, but even today, statistically, they say uh, less than 50% of American Christians give anything to a church, anything, and about 3 to 5%, and I, I saw this from some numbers that Andy Stanley released, 3 to 5% of Christians tithe, um, that the American church, as of right now, um, has more prosperity among its members than ever before, yet by percentage, we give less than those who lived in the Great Depression. Uh, because generosity is not common. Um, it is rare, which makes it precious, which makes it worthy of praise. Um, and it's why, like, I am just so thankful for this body because I know our numbers are nowhere near that in spite of us not having offering segments or passing buckets uh, or any of those types of things. And we've been this way for years. It's just amazing. Uh, the generosity you all have for this house. And so just as Paul gave thanks and praise to the church at Philippi, uh, I give thanks and praise uh, for you. I rejoice over you. I rejoice over you. Uh, so many of you, even who haven't been able to come back uh, to church since COVID, have just faithfully given to this ministry. Uh, and I rejoice over that faithfulness because it is rare. Uh, and so out of this, Paul is teaching along this line to the church at Philippi, and he says this in verse 16, for even in Thessalonica, you sent a gift one, uh, more than once for my necessities. Not that I seek a gift itself, but I seek for the profit which increases to your account. Uh, now, this is interesting to me. It's kind of like we, we, we're very familiar with like savings accounts or checking accounts or those types of things. Here, apparently, Paul is saying you have a heavenly account. Um, one of my favorite passages of scripture concerning this is Acts chapter 13. There's a man by the name of Cornelius uh, who's a very powerful man, but he loves God. And out of this, uh, from this love of God, he finds himself giving to a lot of different things. And an angel appears to him. You ought to read your Bible. Like, it's amazing. An angel appears to him. And he says, Cornelius, you're a mighty man in God. And he said, your giving has come up as a memorial un unto God. And, and I love, like, just how like, you could go to your bank account and see how much money you have, or like in a checking account and see how much money you have. Like, there is a heavenly account, and even if you've forgotten all that you've given to the kingdom, how many of you know your heavenly father has not? He is not uh, forgetful to remember your labor of love that you have poured out upon the saints. 
your heavenly father is very mindful of your sacrifice. He's very mindful of your generosity. Um, and he keeps going here and teaching. In verse number 18, he says, but I have received everything in full. I have an abundance. I am amply supplied, having received from Epaphroditus uh, that which you sent, a fragrant aroma, this is interesting, an acceptable sacrifice, we'll come back to that, well-pleasing unto God, and my God will supply all of your needs according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. Um, so a lot of people take this verse out of context. You have a lot of people who will quote Philippians 4.19, uh, but Philippians 4.19 is for a certain type of believer, and that is for the believer who lives like those in Philippians 4. Uh, and so out of this, uh, what I want to teach to you today is simply why we give. Um, this is not designed to get you to give. I say this uh, all the time. If any point you come to this church and you ever feel like we've done something that has manipulated your giving, leave the church. Um, I am not trying to arm twist. Like Paul said, we have full, uh, all, we abound. Uh, it's amazing to see what God has done. Um, uh, we have Highland Colony, it's debt free. Fondren, it's debt free. Poindexter, debt free. Uh, like uh, Lakeland, uh, we have about 5.6 million uh, left on this. It soon, in Jesus' name, will be debt free. Uh, amen. Um, but out of this, it's not designed to get people to give. You already do. Um, this is designed to show you why we do it and to make sure when we do it that we have pure hearts and clean hands and that hopefully you come to a place where you do it with even more honor than ever before. Uh, so here, Paul is outlining why we give, and then at the end, he gives a promise uh, for those who do this. And the, the first reason that I can see from this why we give is this. Number one, they'll put it up on the screens. We love the kingdom of God, and we want it to be well supplied. Here, Paul says, you sent once and again for my necessity. Uh, you saw a need, and you met it. You love the kingdom of God, and they came to a place where Paul says, I am well supplied. This ministry is well supplied because of the gift that you gave. Uh, so out of this, why do we give? We do not give to get. Um, this is not, I'm going to give you my bad car, so God gives me a better one. Uh, <laughs> this, this actually counteracts what God is looking to do. Uh, God is looking to take selfishness out of me. And so if I'm only giving you what I have so that I can get something better than what I have, I don't really love you or God. Who do I love? Me. <laughs> I actually really like me, and I would like me to have nicer shoes. Uh, so uh, I will, you know, barter with God, and I will give him this, so God will give me this. And unfortunately, there's a, a good bulk of Christianity uh, that this is the highlight of how they teach because there is a principle of sowing and reaping. We'll talk about that at the end of this. And so out of that, we lead with like this type of promise um, to get people to do something. Uh, but here's what, what I want to say is that the greatest work God will ever do is not a work for you. It is a work in you that you become a person who is meek and you become a person who is kind, that you become a person who is loving and filled with God's spirit. 
and you become a person who's sensitive to the needs of others and moved with compassion. Uh, And out of this, God is asking us to step back and to see how beautiful his kingdom is. In Malachi chapter 3, God's people were not tithing or giving offerings, and God comes and says, you have robbed me, but he doesn't just say me, he says, and you've robbed the whole nation. Uh, Because when we are bringing our tithes and offerings into God's house, it enables the body of Christ to be well supplied. And when you come to a place where you're, you're diving into your spirituality, one of the things that will happen is you'll begin to see God at work. You begin to see God move, and you get a heart to see him at work. Um, the Lord dealt with our heart, and it's, it's just one of our callings as a church, and that's to model radical generosity. Uh, so far this year, uh, as of this week, we've given over $800,000 to other ministries. Uh, which is way and above uh, anything uh, we've ever given up to this point. Um, And so out of that, we really felt like this would be a year where we would empty ourselves um, and to to take on the mind of Christ, to let this mind be in us and to to pursue others and esteem them and their ministries even more important than our own um, and to kind of model that. Uh, But why do we do that? Why would I do that? Why would the Lord lead us to do that? Because we love the kingdom of God. Uh, Years ago, I I went on a mission trip to China. I really, in prayer, felt impressed uh, to have a year where we homeschooled uh, my daughter. And I felt like that the reason why is because we needed an extended time to take her to China. Um, And God just moved in her. Like, I could cry right now. Like, God filled her with his spirit on that trip. Like... Uh, just beautiful, beautiful things happened in her in that time. And I got to spend about 14 days with her, you know, uh, sleeping in the same room, eating breakfast every morning uh, together, lunch, dinner together constantly. And it just really, really built a, built a good bond in me and in her and just a great trip. Uh, but there, uh, we had all of our plans just end. <laughs> so we were go- coming in to see this, this mission work. Uh, and the missionaries began to be under inspection uh, by the government. And so the last thing that they needed under inspection was to have a bunch of Americans, <laughs> you know, come to see them and minister with them. It would bring, like, unnecessary attention. So they canceled the trip. Uh, so like we're in China and we have nowhere to go but how many of you know even when your natural plans don't work out God's got a plan that's always better Uh, so never ever ever uh, be irritated if something didn't work out trust God you can trust God's plan you can trust God's heart Uh, trust God's timing Uh, so out of this all things always work together for the good for those that love God and are called according to his purpose so relax if it didn't work out it's okay God's got something better Um, So in this, everything fell apart, and I'm kind of watching God pick this up, and the plan that developed was far better than the plan we had before. And we wound up in this city in China that was in inward China called Kunming, and we're there, and this sweet little missionary family picks us up, Joab and Amanda Fisher, 
uh, and they have five kids under eight years old, uh, which is the equivalent of like 84 uh, children um, when you add it up. Uh, and so out of this, like they pick us up in this, this van, this kind of transport. I'm like, this is great, like, you know, to have this at our disposal and, and you know, that kind of thing. And we pull up at their, their little house and um, we get out and there's like this little car, like it's no bigger than like those three seats right there. And it's the same at Highland, like three seats of whatever's on your row. Like imagine a car being that size. It looked like half the, the size of like a, a, a normal golf cart. And it's like this little tiny vehicle. I'm like, what do you do with that? Like it looked like one of those things like your kids would drive. And he's like, oh, that's our car. And I'm like, how do you even get in it? Uh, and where do you put the kids? And he's like, well, we make multiple trips and, uh, you, know, you know, I'll go with one child and like we'll have somebody watch him then we'll come back and get the next and like all these types of things. And she had a bicycle with like this attachment. And as soon as like I'm, I'm watching all this and, you know, I'm like, well, what about this car that we were just in? He's like, oh, we rented that for y'all. Uh, where y'all could have, you know, more space and like these types of things. And all of a sudden, like I sense like this covenant uh, kind of just develop in me of like take care of them. Paul said, once again, I had a need. And you, you, you came in and you furnished me where I was well supplied. And I told him, I'm like, I'm gonna buy you that truck. He's like, what do you mean? I'm like, this one, we're gonna buy it for you. And we did. And then we picked up and began supporting them monthly and doing all those types of things. Um, and amen, yeah, we can celebrate that. Uh, and somebody says, why did you do it? I'll tell you why I didn't do it. I didn't do it because we needed a 15 passenger van for ourselves. <laughs> I did it because I love the kingdom. I love church. I, I love missions. They took us to a village. It's the only time it's ever happened to me. I've been all over the world. I've never seen it to this degree. They took us to a village. No one there had heard anything about Jesus. And when I say no one there had heard anything about Jesus, never heard the name, never heard of Adam and Eve, never heard of David and Goliath, like none of the stories, none of it. And immediately I saw of like why Jesus said what he said in Acts of like, don't even try to do this without the filling of the Holy Spirit. Like don't, <laughs> don't even attempt this. Uh, because if you come in and be like, there was a Jewish carpenter who died for you 2000 years ago. It's like, well, that's great. But uh, what relevance does this have on me? But when all of a sudden someone is getting healed in that name, it's like, well, what about that Jesus again? Like, well, he died for you. And so out of this, like, it was just eye-opening. And they were telling me that, you know, many of these people, even the Christians who are there, don't have Bibles. Um, and that many of them will tear out one page of their Bible and memorize it and pass it around. And I think about, like, all the Bible, like, we give away Bibles here. Like, whoever wants one, like, come get it. And we've got it in Spanish and, like, all of these types of things. And here you have a segment of the church uh, that literally is, like, it's so precious that they get one page at a time and stay in it and memorize it and then exchange. I'm like, I'm getting these people Bibles. 
Uh, and so we did. We, we partnered with an organization and we, we printed up these little Bibles in Chinese and just, you know, smuggled them in and, and got them in the, the hands of people. And they sent me one of the Bibles back and it's, it's just written all in Chinese of like Chinese believers uh, just saying thank you. This is why we give. Like this is the we love the kingdom of God, and we want to see it expand, and we want to see it grow. And it's not just like that kingdom; it's this. It's like every time people come to church, um, in in whatever church, like if it's a good church preaching Jesus, like and there is a chance for the Holy Spirit to speak something. I was at this conference and one of the people who were, was teaching was, was saying like they go there on their church on Saturdays and will like pray over the, the service. And she said one day while I was praying, she said, I, I just saw like in my heart, uh, like God coming with his angels and just like dropping packages off in each seat. Uh, and it had people's names on it. And people came into the service the next day and they opened up this box and like, have you ever had like a great friend who knew exactly what you needed? And like, you didn't like know that they were going to buy it or get it for you, but then you open up this box and it's like all you ever wanted. And it's like, they thought of me, it's just for me. And it had your name on it, you open it up and how fun that is. And she just saw that kind of going on in services. People were coming to service and then they, they open up this box and they're like, it's just for me. And they're putting it on and it's like God is, is giving them something that they wanted and needed in that moment. And when she was talking about that, I'm like, that's such the example of like what a spirit-filled type of church environment should be. It's like you walk into a place like this and during worship or during a message, it's like, it's just for me. Like God is speaking something just for me and I got the direction that I needed and what to pray for. Like my heart got turned back to my husband or resensitized to my children. And it's like, it's just for me. That's the power of the kingdom of God and that we want well supplied how valuable is that I, I was thinking about my father and like he got saved at a James Robinson crusade and just even this morning I was just giving thanks for that moment it just changed our whole family and changed the direction of generations and I got to thinking about that moment I actually met James one year I'm like my dad got saved like at your meeting uh, and I don't think he got like what I'm seeing like out it's like all of this came out of that like all that God's doing there at Highland College anybody being blessed through these cameras or on like Fox like that was done for, at that crusade and then like I guarantee you somebody gave to that crusade that never could have imagined like one person running down to the altar and what would come out of that life or, or what would come out of someone reading this, of like one person reading this and finding out God so loved them that he sent their son, his son Jesus to die for them. Like how precious is that? How, how wonderful is that? And, and so I said, well, why do you give? We want that well supplied. We want that happening in our children's churches. And we want that happening in our youth departments. And we want that happening in Poindexter. And we want that happening in Fondren. And we want that happening in Beijing. And we want that happening in Istanbul. And we want that happening all over the world. Like all over the world we want the kingdom of God well supplied uh, and so this is the first reason we give it's like we're in love with God and we want to expand his kingdom 
and we want it well supplied. The second thing that Paul said is what happens when we give and why we give is this. Number two, uh, we, we love God and our giving blesses him. I look at this passage of scripture, Philippians 4, 18 again. Uh, I have received everything in full. Uh, I have an abundance. The kingdom of God is being well supplied. I am amply supplied, having received from Epaphroditus what you sent. And watch what he says here. It was a fragrant aroma, an acceptable sacrifice, and well-pleasing to God. Like it funded the ministry. Um, it, it made the ministry well supplied. But for the father, it really blessed him. Uh, last night uh, was my wife's uh, father's birthday party. Uh, he's turning 75, uh, and so all of his uh, children came together uh, to honor him and to bless him. And so, you know, it's always uh, fun for me uh, to kind of see moments like this played out uh, because uh, my father passed away, and I just love seeing people, like, really celebrate the gift that they have. Um, and so out of this, like, it's just this beautiful moment. I'm seeing this family come together, and I love this man as well. And so we have this, this, this uh, Greek dinner uh, kind of set up because he was in the military and stationed in Greece and fell in love with the nation and, like, all of those types of things. So it's like, let's make him Greek. Uh, and so, you know, out of that, you have the pita and the hummus and, you know, the chicken and rice and beef tenderloin and tabbouleh and, like, all of these kinds of things kind of laid out on this table. Uh, and so we, we honor him because uh, he's been a good father um, and we celebrate him. Uh, and um, out of this, we tell him, you can go first through the line. Because um, we, we know, because actually, I was like looking at the food, I'm like, is it enough? <laughs> uh, because I knew, like, we have a lot of men here, and we also have a lot of teenage boys. Uh, and so out of this, like, they can eat. I, I'm hoping it's enough food. Uh, so I'm like, please go first. In fact, <laughs> like, I get what you want, uh, but please go first. Uh, and so out of this, um, he goes first, and then uh, sits down and enjoys a meal with family and friends and then his children come and honor him with um, a gift and a vacation to go um, away with him and his wife and his best friends and, and that type of thing. Um, and at the end of the night, my wife came home. I took the kids home early, and I always like to spend the latter part of Saturday just in prayer for you. Um, and uh, as I was, was sitting there in the living room just kind of praying, uh, my wife came in. I'm like, how'd it go? And she's like, oh, he loved it. And she said he came over to me like on five different occasions and just hugged me. And, and I could just tell he felt so honored. Like my, my, my wife loves her father. Like I critiqued him. I don't criticize people, but I critiqued him once. And I don't remember what. It was for something like he drives slow or like something like that. And she's like, what did you say? I'm like... He drives slow? She's like, stop it. I'm like, okay, okay, I get it, I get it. Uh, so out of this, like she loves him uh, and I love it. Uh, so out of that, um, it's, it's just, I could tell it meant so much to her knowing that her father was honored. Paul said, when you, when you gave it went up 
like an aroma to your father and he was well pleased with your sacrifice. Now, can you imagine last night if we would have been like free for all at dinner and like all the teenagers go first and like the boys just because I saw at the end, like I'm like, I didn't know you could eat that much tenderloin. Like genuinely, like one was eating it with his hands. <laughs> like, like I'm like, this is like what, everybody go first. Everybody else kind of go first. And then it's like, okay, now dad, like now you can go. And he goes through and there's like one beat up piece of pita uh like a little tabbouleh left and like all the meat's gone and like all those types of things and be like well you know you got something (laughs) and i i think a lot of times especially when we're beginning this this road of generosity what we're doing is we're allowing everything else to go first. And it's like, our kids can eat financially and their sports can eat and like my hobbies can eat and like, we gotta eat, we're going on vacation. Uh, and like all of this can come. It's like, and we, we need new shoes and like all these types of things. It's like the, the, the house eats and the electric bill eats and like all these other things. And then once everything's kind of go through the line, it's like, oh, and heavenly father, like you can go. Because there are sacrifices that are unacceptable. Um, Cain's sacrifice in the book of Malachi, unacceptable. Like There are moments where it's like there is no honor attached to it. Because here, and, and Paul teaches this in the book of Hebrews, he says here men that die receive tithes and offerings. Like the, the money doesn't go magically to heaven. Uh, you know, and that type of thing. It's like, no, the ministry gets it, the missionary gets it, the Bible translation gets it. Uh, God gets what you put in it. God gets the honor, he gets the faith, he gets the affection, he gets the, the devotion, which is also why, for those of you who give with such habit force, keep that in mind, God doesn't get the money, the ministry did. God got what you put in the money. Uh, and so out of that, every time you, you give, it should be this moment where you honor your father and you come to a place of like, God, no, 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 I'm telling you come first. And if you want all the tenderloin, you can have it. We'll go to the Kroger. Uh, or as my grandmother would say, the Kroger's. I'm like, we didn't go to two. We only went to one. Uh, and if Pep's dad said the Kroger's, it would be the Kroger's. And I would never win that argument. It would forever be Kroger's. Uh, so <laughs> out of that, uh, like if God came through, uh, we're telling him, you, you fill up your plate with whatever you want. Like, we want you to receive this first. Now, here's the beauty of like a life lived like this. When, when this is your priority, when it's like, I want the kingdom of God well supplied, even above my own life and kingdom. And I want to honor God even more than I want to honor anybody else in my life. Like, I want God to walk through the line first. And so many times God will be like, no, 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 no. Like, you know, come on, come on. God. And he's not going to take all the tenderloin. Like, he knows there's teenage boys who need to eat. Like, all those types of things. Like, God is so honored, though, by the willingness to say, you go first. Uh, And this is why, point number three, like you never have to be afraid to give because the enemy always wants to take you from a cheerful giver to a fearful giver. (laughs) Of like, but what about me? Like, really, Pastor Joel, all these other things have to eat too. And God is like, I know, I know, but I want to show you my power. And this is point number three. We want to see his power. We want to see his power. Why are we giving? We want to see his power. And watch what Paul writes here in the book of Philippians 4. 
Philippians 4 and verse 19, and my God will supply. When you, when you see God do this, it just affects you in ways you'll never imagine. My God will supply all of your needs according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. Watch what he says in 2 Corinthians chapter 9. Now this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. He who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. This is interesting. This is a whole another teaching. I won't take the time to build it out because I want to end in worship. But anything that is not living lacks the power to multiply. So this table will never make another table. Anything that's living has the power to multiply. And here he says that money is like seed. As long as it's unsown, it's dead and dies alone. But when it goes into the ground and dies, it actually multiplies. Uh, And it comes to this place where you know this, like when you take money and invest it in Apple stock, it has the power to multiply. Uh, that it has the power to grow, that, that money has the potential to make more money. And what Jesus is saying here is like, you have to understand this is a living thing you have, but as long as you're eating it, it dies. But when it's sown, it can come to life. Here he says, if you sow sparingly, you reap sparingly, but if you sow bountifully, you reap bountifully. Uh, verse seven, each one of you must do as he has purposed in his own heart, not grudgingly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. Verse 8, and God is able to make all grace abound towards you so that you always have all sufficiency in everything. You may have an abundance for every good deed. And what we have seen in this ministry is through generosity. We, we don't have to do this every week. We don't mention it every week. Um, we don't pass buckets and we haven't even before money got digital (laughs) like all of those types of things and the reason why is God has made all grace abound towards this ministry Uh, God has come in with his amazing grace and given us buildings laid beside us technology come in and just redone buildings I I never will forget when I was sitting on the beach and the Lord said I want you to partner with me missionaries like never before that you will be like Moses on the hill who does not just use his strength to stay strong on a hill but you send your strength to Joshua's who are out in a field I will send Aaron and her to you tell you to sit down on a rock and they will lift up your arms and you will never grow weak I committed that day on the beach to support missions like never before six weeks later have two men walk in my office and say we felt led by God to give you this paid off all of phase one paid off the whole thing said we feel called by God to be Aaron and her to you I never will forget before Highland Colony this this amazing piece of property maybe no better piece of property in the whole state of Mississippi like right here the Lord showed us you're going to need a building in Madison I'm in Madison County I'm looking at all these places it's going to cost millions of dollars I'm like God I don't know how you're going to do it but you're going to do it like all of these types of things I walk in a meeting I see a missionary the Lord said I want you to partner with the ministry to give that missionary a gift I'm like how do I I do that I don't even know how to do this father I don't even know how how do I like partner with the ministry I'm at this is not even my meeting and the guy gets up and he's like tonight all of the offering is going to this missionary it's the missionary God told me to help 
I'm sitting here and I'm watching this. I'm like, this is amazing. And I'm just thinking, God, you're amazing. And come to find out she was believing God for a building. Her husband had passed away. She's committed to the work of God in Samoa. She needed a building. God wanted to get her one. He puts this in my heart. I'm sitting here and I'm watching the beauty of God and God spoke to me just so clearly in my heart and said, Joel, I've been trying to break a, a barrier in your life and in your ministry. But I'm asking you to break a barrier in your giving. He didn't tell me what the barrier was. I had no idea and I really didn't care. I wanted to just really bless this work in Samoa. And he said like, Joel, if you will break this barrier, I'm telling you, there is a barrier that will be broken for you. And up till that time, we had never given a check more than $100,000. That was the biggest check we had ever cut. And, and out of that, we'd given more, way more than that every year, but for whatever reason, we capped it at that. And we broke that cap, gave the biggest offering we had ever given, helped this, this, this you know, wonderful lady start this work in the middle of the Pacific. And six days later, I'm sitting in an office with Pastor David Hell, and he gives me the keys to that facility. Didn't have to buy it. I just, this morning, drive, I'm just crying. I'm like, God, what in the world? Like all of this. And God is like, hey, Joel, Joel, do you honestly think you can honor me more than I will honor you? Do you honestly think I'm going to take all the tenderloin? Like, do you, do you honestly think, like, I, I'm not going to multiply your seed sown and make all grace abound towards you? Do you honestly think I would drain you and not fill you back up? Joel, don't you see? I, I'm like, God, I see it. Like, you're amazing. You're amazing, you're amazing, you're amazing. And what I want for you is to see that type of thing happen in your life where you've got a story. Like, I don't know how I did it. It came from a raven, but God did it. I don't know how I did it, but like two people I never would have imagined walking in and paying off the whole thing. Like, I don't know how I did it, but I got the raise. And like, I looked and I thought it'd be empty, but like the barrel mill just keeps filling. I don't know how I did it, but he did it. Uh, and God is like, I am able to make all grace abound towards you. Trust me. And I want to encourage you in this area of your life, like come and just reduce yourself to the servant of the kingdom of God and the servant of Jesus. Come and like honor ministry and honor God. And I'm telling you, you're going to see your heavenly father honor you in ways that will deepen your affection for him and in ways that will expand your heart for his kingdom. Let's stand to our feet at all of our campuses. We'll end in worship. And just praise his name today. We'll pray before we do. Father, we come before you and we love you. We thank you that above all else in every arena of our life, we want to exalt your name. And Father, you mean more to us than silver or gold, than raises and promotion. You mean more to us than possessions. Father, we thank you that in our own hearts, we just love you and your kingdom. And Father, we thank you that in this season of our life, our affection and our desire for you just gets deeper and deeper. That Father, you are our great heavenly Father and you are worthy of it all. Worthy of all of our affection and devotion. And so we thank you, Father, that even in our worship that we're about to give you right now, that it's more than just a song we sing, but it's worship and honor that we give to you. Father, we love you, and I thank you for every person in here that you just draw them to you at all of our campuses. We honor you, and we ask your presence to fill this place. 
We love you, Lord, so much. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Let's worship the Lord.